everyone, and welcome to the Glitch Text Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, and today we are talking about the real Glitch Text, a very fun episode. And I am so pleased to have a new guest and two returning guests joining us today. So, Tillery, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Tillery Johnson, and I'm a writer. Uh, specifically, on this episode, I was a staff writer, which just means I helped with like the pitching and the breaking of the story. One of my friends and fellow writers, Jen Bartikoff, wrote the episode. So this was gonna be one of the first episodes of what was sort of the second season that got split and shuffled around as it was released. So this was sort of our, we were gonna expand the world. Very cool, thanks so much. And hi, Jules. Glad to have you back. Please introduce yourself and tell the fine folks at home what it is that you do. Okay, uh, for the third time. <laughs> hi, I'm Jules. Uh, I was a revisionist of Glitch Text, so I was on a lot of these episodes. This one was, this is the first one we did in season two, technically. So it's weird seeing it as episode seven, but you know. But now I'm currently a board artist at Disney TV on Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. And yeah. Awesome. Glad to have you back for Triple Threat. That is amazing. And also with us, another wonderful returning guest is Monica. Welcome back, Monica. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm Monica. I'm the voice of Miko. And uh, I'm currently uh, working at Disney television animation on unnamed projects. Ooh, that is very cool. Secrets, secret things. So Tillery, so I'll start with you since you are our new guest on the show. So I'm very curious how you got your start. And I know you were in the, uh, the Nick writing program. Is that correct? Yeah. So, I mean, right before that I had started to things were kind of picking up steam and I got into the Nick writing program right before it started the day before the election in 2016. So it was an interesting time to join Nick and it was that whole year they were like opening up a new building that was really cool. So there was like a lot of awesome stuff going on. And in that program towards the end, they actually try to pair you with a show so you can sort of spend the rest of the program getting a little bit of experience in a writer's room and glitch text was the room that they put me in and I spent the last couple months in the program on that show and they weren't sure if they were getting more episodes at that time so when the writing program ended the season of glitch text was ending and Dan told me if they got some more episodes, maybe I could come on as a freelance writer. And long story short, they ended up getting 10 episodes. So I came on full time actually, instead of just freelancing. And yeah, I spent about 10 months on the show, wrote 10 more episodes. And this was the first one of that batch where we were sort of trying to decide what would be a cool direction to go so that we could open up the world while still making this feel like a glitch text episode. And, you know, one of the things we threw out there was, well, if glitch text is a thing, not just in this town, like 
what's the glitch text team a town over and you know in a weird way like aren't they kind of the heroes of their own show and so that was sort of the genesis of this episode was to sort of expand the world and see what another team of glitch text was like i like that it's sort of an idea of what if it's a franchise and every yeah. city has their own branch and they all have their own culture and their own style and their own way of doing things. Absolutely. That is really cool. And so Jules, what is it about this episode that you really like the most where you went, yes, I, I wanna be on this episode in particular, I wanna be talking about some of the revisions, some of the work that you did. Probably some of the same things that Tori touched on, like the fact that the world building started edging out some more and we saw other little facets of the lore of what it means to be part of the glitch text in there was kind of cool also the dynamic of five and miko and mitch kind of more and more turning into a trio was really nice i like that it's that little that little piece of he's starting to play ball some more but he's still kind of being mitch there's a line in there later on that's that cracks me up every single time. He's like, what was it? It's a he says something and like, did you just like insult us or did you just defend us or something? It's like if I did it right, both or something like that. So I don't know. It's it's a really good, strong season two opener, uh, in my opinion. That is cool. I mean, Monica, what are some of your favorite aspects about this episode? Well, I'm glad you asked because I was so delighted to get this episode script because I have a very specific memory of, you know, talking with Dan and Eric back in development and like being late to meetings with them in development because I was too busy playing Neko Atsume, which is like a cat collection phone game. And then like months later, this episode shows up and it's all about five trying to collect these cats <laughs> and I'm like I like looked it down I was like is this based on that thing and he's like oh yeah we thought it was so funny and like specific <laughs> that you were obsessed with this thing and it just felt like a fun thing to write about so it was funny to see something like that just like show up in an episode but then yeah with the characters what Jewel said I love the dynamic between Mitch and Five in this episode. I love that Mitch like doesn't even sweat that the other team members are like, you're a jerk. And he's like, wow, I guess so. <laughs> like he's, I don't know, it's so fun to see him play this bizarre kind of devil's advocate, but he's like really proud of Five. <laughs> so I don't want to spoil it or anything, but I think it's a cute moment. Yeah, we get to see more of Mitch being a trio in their fun, very specific Mitch way. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely gets a very, he gets a immense joy out of watching Five just stew in his own guilt. It's great. And he takes all the heat. He like doesn't even sweat it. And I love that about him. He's just like, yeah, I deal with this every day. He's like, I am confident enough to just watch you squirm until you admit what you have done. Mm -hmm. so I'll wait. There's, I'll wait. <laughs> I'll, I'll point it out when we get to the part in the boards. There's a part in the boards that sung. She was part of the board team. That she drew a face. And <laughs> it was just one for one from the board to the, to the animation. that was really good. So I'll, I'll point it out when we get to there. It's five holding back his guilt the whole time. So Just trying to make sure he's like, no, no one can know. No one can know. And meanwhile, the whole team is like, 
nobody has done anything. You guys are just liars. What are you talking about? Meanwhile, he's like, they can never find out. Yeah, oh, it's so delightful. It's delightful to have his hype, you know, his hype person, Miko, just being like, I know that this cinnamon roll would never lie or do anything wrong. Right, buddy? And he's just, yeah, it's like, it all adds up to this, this wonderful, delicious meal. <laughs> yeah. I do have to ask too, Tiller, any of this true to life? any of this at all, any like former jobs that you'd ever had or people that you knew where it was like, hmm, I can draw from this. I have seen this before. Well, I mean, that's what you're always trying to do. And, you know, I think when we were breaking this episode, we were just one, you'll notice when we watch the episode that the villain for this, the quote unquote villain for this or the video game monster that they ultimately face is a very simple streamlined idea as opposed to some of our other episodes that can get kind of crazy and out there like Castlestein, you know, just like giant rules-based games that get really complicated. So we really wanted to like streamline and just focus on Five's journey of not only stewing in his own lie and his own guilt with the rest of the team, but then Miko yeah, like you were saying, sort of hopping in there and being like, he's my best friend. He tells me everything kind of vibes. So, I mean, I think we've all sort of been in situations like that where maybe you told a, a white lie that seemed kind of innocent. And then you realize like, oh, this person trusts everything I say. Like I, now I feel really bad. It's like, they think I'm the pinnacle of moral virtue. Oh no, what has occurred? Yeah. So I don't think I pulled, or I don't know if any of us were like really pulling from real life. I think it was more coming from, all right, what, when you sort of think about episodes like this, you're like, all right, if we know that he starts out telling this little lie, how can we make it worse and worse for him? And like, that's sort of where you dig into your own life experience of, as opposed to like, you can come from a place of, is there some situation that I've been in that has made this sort of thing worse? But you can also come from like, what's my worst fear? What would be the worst thing happening? And like your best friend saying that they trust you and you would never do something like this because if you'd had, you would have told them immediately kind of vibe. That would just be sort of your worst fear realized, I feel like. And that's exactly what happens, which is what leads to the comedy. And so we're going to go ahead and get into it. So for listeners at home, we're watching season two, episode seven. And so the summary for the real glitch text is high five figures. It's no big deal to break a rule while glitch hunting until he inadvertently triggers a feud with Tex in the neighboring town. So for those who are new to the podcast, what we do is we queue up the episode so that it's set to zero, zero, zero. And then on the count of three, I will hit play so that all of you at home can watch along as the four of us discuss it. So for listeners at home all together, one, two, three. And here we go. Yeehaw. Yeah. Got the Netflix original series going there. Tillery, was this episode about something completely different when you started? <laughs> or you know, this was one of the few episodes that sort of stayed the same, or the general vibe of it stayed the same. But I do remember we were racking our brains over what kind of pranks can you do that would like escalate in a way that 
could make something bad. And wrapping our heads around that was really difficult. And here's all the cats. And I love too, you have the ones with the hat. <laughs> I, I'm surprised you guys get, you guys managed to stick in the flood in there because I feel like that would be like trademarked, but I guess not. The what's in there? Uh, the flood when she's like, when Mika is like saying all the, uh, the uh, the things that could be attacking she says the flood and I'm like oh okay oh that is a thing huh yeah that is a thing wow yeah, bungee bungee knocking at nickelodeon's door yeah i guess so that seems so general though that I, I mean i know what you're saying but it feels like you know something that could kind you could kind of get away with saying oh that's anything oh yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> i love these meows I love that they're just a person saying meow. <laughs> a really Did good you record choice. one of those or is that someone else? Heavens, it's all a blur. All the screaming, all the Miko lines. <laughs> I, I don't know if I threw a cat in there. Probably, I could do an okay cat. I think I could do a meow. <laughs> yeah, you're basically that. Now we want one that's subtle yet disturbed. Okay, got it. Ready? Yeah. Meow. Very good. Very good. See, this is this is why this is why I do this. Thank you. I love this. I love this cat. I love its name. My name. My cat's name is it's, Pancake. It's Pan Pancake McGuffin, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. That's just so I, good. So good. I just noticed they let them do the uh, the pixelated cat uh, butthole, which you know. We always tried to put Allie in there with that, and we never got to do it. Other shows can do that with their animals, but you know, I'm surprised you we can't. They they always made people take the X's out. It always made me so sad. Like, no, I know no. what you mean. It's the same. Uh, that's funny. I, yeah, yeah, I never noticed that. Yeah, we had farm animals on Big City Greens and no butts. <laughs> I know the artist was so excited to slip that in there and get that through the sensors. It's the little things. It's the little things in life. And here's five about to make his big mistake. Yeah, his questionable moral decision. Mm -hmm. I like his hair, he looks like Jaws. I love it. I, I'm in love with all the designs of the opposing team. They haven't shown up yet. They're gonna show up in a second, but I thought they were really cool. Well, and to be fair, we sort of cheated against five in this. Like, it's really not fair to five because I you'll see at the end, but it's a very arbitrary rule of not crossing the line that he ends up getting in trouble for. Oh, it's good. I get it. It's like a social rule. It's like one of those kind of like, you know, this isn't in the books, but like we do this to maintain peace between our team and Jane Lynch's team. And that's very important because you don't really want to cross chain Lynch. <laughs> I never realized that Mitch was shorter than five. Yeah. It's just the hair. It's only the hair. <laughs> and maybe just his general demeanor just makes him seem tall. I mean, season one, Mitch, when he had his hair kind of like combed up, maybe. But, you know, it was, it was competition. But now he has the, uh, the relaxed hair. It's, it's definitely not the same. You got black with jacks, you know what to do. They yeah. Also, can I say I'm so happy they finally went back and like allowed the uh, colors to flash because like 
seems when it first came out and they kind of did everything i was like oh no they took so much time to make sure that the colors are balanced right now it's like all of them well wasn't that partially because they were so many people were streaming at once that they were struggling to keep up with the, oh, the like they were thought- purposefully like dampening some of the shows i and i could be totally wrong about that but i thought that that was the reason was something along those lines the reason I was given was that the bright lights and the flashing was potentially a risk for seizure uh, inducing. So goodness me, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got at least two rumors out there now. That's so. right. That's right. If anybody knows, cue in. Next time we talk to Dan and Eric, be like, hey, do y'all know what's up? Jane Lynch plays such a great mean person. She is the nicest person I've ever met in my life like I it was so much fun watching her come in to record and yeah I mean she was so playful and like game to do whatever it was really awesome nice that's good to hear so she plays against type it's like in real life lovely person you know just goes to show the power of acting did she understand a lot of the, the lingo stuff or was she kind of like, okay, cool, I'll read the lines, it's fine? I I think so. I mean, you know, so basically in animation, the way you get a lot of these really famous people for these shows where you can't pay them anywhere near what a live action show would pay them is they really, like, they have kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews and they want to be a part of something that they can say hey check this out mm-hmm. and so i think when she came in i don't know if she was like they are all sort of silly insults so i feel like she understood you know what we were going for with everything but i don't know how much she had read the script when she came in and she just nailed it take after take like it didn't matter what you threw I think there was one time where Eric was like all right try this like ridiculous ridiculous like bully nickname for Scott Scott's character and she just like went with everything she was great that's fantastic yeah surely she's been in Wreck-It Ralph she would understand a little bit Uh, (laughs) yeah she gets the game on yeah, we had her on our show too. I think she was a a golf instructor on Loud House for an episode where Lori went to college. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, she she does all the things. Also, fun fact. These were called slimes, but uh the corporate at B were like, uh kind of stepping on the toes of Dragon Quest. It might be too close to home. It's like no, slimes are like a generalized thing, but we changed it to like, uh, what are they called? Sludges or something in this? I don't, yeah. I mean, so I don't know if it was that other game or that other IP that they were mostly worried about, but apparently Nickelodeon has a, I don't, don't want to get in trouble for saying this, they have a PR department for the slime. Oh, uh, oh the Nickelodeon slime that's yes. right and Nickelodeon so slime. they were they were worried <laughs> that kids would <laughs> kids would watch that and think that like slime was a bad thing oh and so that's actually why we were like trying to come up with a different 
name for it yeah and a different vibe like they were worried about it being green at one i think the last one turns green or something like that and we were really pushing for it. it's not that big of a deal but yeah we had a we had a big a lengthy discussion with the slimes pr <laughs> department <laughs> that is fascinating that's something that you'd, you'd never really think about I'm like yeah that but that makes sense though you know slime is such a big part of nickelodeon and i could see why they'd want to protect you know branding and whatnot and then here we have the other team and just mitch just eating it i love that the guinea force yeah oh love it <laughs> oh and the other funny thing is i i think it was maybe a mistake we like re jules maybe you can say more but the character with green hair simmy was a character who like shows up earlier on in the show as working at the at their store and so they i think um i think it's five makes some sort of comment somewhere around here that like hey didn't you used to work at our store yeah, uh, just, or didn't you didn't you transfer and that was because we were like uh oh what if somebody notices that they used to work at this store and now they're on that team and they start to question it. That's a good cover. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, it was in retrospect, it was probably an overthink, but I think when you are, have this many passionate people <laughs> creating a show, everybody is bound to overthink 90% of it. No, I think that's smart because there's a fan out there who would have noticed would have said, hey, wait, but we saw her over at the Bailey side. So it's good that you guys had that line. I'm such a fan of Simi's hair. I, I should bake hair like that. I want hair like that. That looks awesome. Future cosplay <laughs> opportunities. Yeah, right? I mean, while we're still stuck at home, like, you know, it might be a bad idea to try it out. That's yeah, true. Right? Still got some time. Oh yeah. yeah, you have time and it's like, you know, nobody home but you. So you do whatever you want with your hair and be like, if it works out, great. You show the world. If not, no one ever needs to know. Speaking of hair, actually a weird little fun fact that I just remembered. We actually wanted to do, I think a few of us talked about it. If we got a chance to do more episodes, we would love to show other bits of life. And one of those things was like Miko dyeing her hair in the middle of doing that. Or funny. just or showing her without dye and be like, wait, what the heck's wrong with you? And she's like, I was caught mid dye. I can't like, <laughs> I got the, I got the alert. I've got to come now. You know, just That's fun so little much. things like that. Yeah, I love I love what y'all were able to do with Miko's hair in the show. I love. Uh, I love when she has it up in a bun. I feel like that's yes. so honest, and it's you know I. I feel like uh, Tillery, you would understand that now too. It's just like yeah, no, like when I need to get things done. It, goes up <laughs> yeah time for business if yeah she also, there were so many ideas for like costumes and stuff that it just did animation you can't do sometimes because you know you have to build a rig or build everything or whatever but like we had so many cool little designs and drawings for like both her and five of like just regular street clothes that like i'm so i'm so upset we couldn't use yet but you know sure I remember that chase scene, like when we wrote it in the script and everybody, we were really concerned about the budget of that because as a chase scene, like the rest of the episode could have gotten really expensive. And I, th I think it was maybe Eric Robles had the idea of like, oh, what if we like sort of 
simplified the graphics so that we can still make it look like a fun chase scene. And that was like a case of sort of the restrictions of what we can do, even though it's animation, like trying to be budget conscious and coming up with something cool that mm -hmm. feels like a video game that made it a little easier for the artist to draw. I think that's the lovely thing about Glitch Checks is that we tread a fine line between epic and funny and it never feels like too much of either. I feel like that's such a wonderful solve. That little chase sequence where their pixels was so cute and charming. It serves the story beat great. So good job. <laughs> this whole section and that whole section were all Ash. Oh. It's, yeah, they're amazing at making complicated things in the script, turning them like really like problem solving stuff to be like, okay, how can I tell this in a way that's really cool, but also simplifying stuff? Like they are the champions of doing that awesome. alongside making things really flashy, so. Very good. Yeah, this whole, this whole thing. <laughs> There's, oh man, I forgot about the, I forgot about the certain part coming up with them. The blame being shifted. Oh, there was your line, Jules. Are you insulting us or them? Yes, yeah, yeah. I, love, I love that. Ugh, goals. <laughs> Squad goals. I just love all their poses. Like every time it's like, you know, when we enter, we're going to pose. When we leave, we're going to pose. There's always a pose moment. <laughs> yeah, they figured out their, um, their PR stuff for sure. Oh yes. Yeah, lots of uh, focus group testing, lots of meetings, lots of, we're gonna do this right. And this is exactly <laughs> how. <laughs> it's always a dark day when you do a pitch. <laughs> yeah, she's like, nah, I would prefer not to, but whatever. <laughs> oh, here's where. Yeah. <laughs> it's great that he doesn't ever just admit it. He's just like, Okay, let's roll with it. He just—it's just watching him watching five squirm as a gift. Well, five like, tries to tell her right now. So I mean, yeah, you're always like, I, we were like, what would five do? And of course, he would try to tell her. How can we prevent him from telling her? Because Miko's distracted by we got to catch this glitch and beat those guys. Yeah, distracted with the goal at hand, and then also just like, by the way, I love you and everything about you, and this is my perception of you. It is idealized, and I know you would never contradict my perception of you. <laughs> and he just looks sick. Just the whole time, he's just like, uh, this is getting pedestal, way harder. <laughs> Mika raises the pedestal higher and higher of like him being innocent. It's like, nothing there's nothing you could do that you would ever do that's ever bad at all right five <laughs> and just keeps getting further and further out so the fall is higher is harder i just think it's a wonderful bit of ah, just like character driven writing that the the obstacle here kind of like what you said in the beginning tillery it's like the glitches themselves in this episode are not that complicated it's like there are three very slow slimes and it would have taken them like months <laughs> to like finally meet <laughs> and like merge together but because of the actions of all the characters and the motivations that shifted throughout the episode it's like here we are on this epic bridge at sunset oh my gosh they're here and their pettiness is stopping them from preventing the worst case scenario mm -hmm. 
Well, even right here, if they weren't arguing with each other, somebody could just zap the... <laughs> yeah. Solution is so obvious. So simple. But, you know, it's not unlike real life. <laughs> I swear, just hearing the episodes again, it just... I'm sorry, sorry, yes, sorry to, so just, just hearing the voice cast and like you too, Monica, but like Aww. everybody, their voices just sound so natural in a way that's like, not that they sound weird, but like there's a lot of people who like, you'll voice something and it's like, oh, that's obviously someone playing a character, but like everyone's voice in this sounds so just like normal. It just sounds like a person talking and like in the best way possible. I know what you mean. I feel like there is kind of a difference sometimes between, you know, certain certain things where it's like, okay, the way we're going to handle this character is, is more like that, more casual, more genuine, more normal. And then there's <laughs> there's definitely characters where you're like, all right, we're going droopy dog or we're going Elmer <laughs> Fudd. Like, I think there was an episode of Big City where I literally told the voice actor, like, I want droopy dog. Because there's like a character that goes like, hot dog time, hot dog time, hot dog time. <laughs> and he just did this really great, like, hot dog time <laughs> good balance between like bit and characters like luke and zara oh there goes pancake no <gasps> best face i want to say that that's me i want to believe we have to ask it Dan. Sounds, I need it to know. sounds really familiar. Of course, the time that Dan couldn't be here, he couldn't answer that, that question, but. We can ask him for next time because there'll be another recording in about a week. Yes. So we'll say, hey, before we get started with this new episode, we have questions about the real glitch text. <laughs> so we just need 10 minutes of your time. I like this. So now we're just going to avenge Pancake. Friends become enemies. Enemies become friends. Yes, I, that's the best part of, of all shows. I love it when it's like, okay, we have to put aside our differences and just team up for one epic battle. Deli delicious, delightful. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I remember when Jen turned in the script and like there were all these you know i mean the script's never done until even especially with glitch text process we were like revising on the third animatic like large chunks of script sometimes but yeah that moment where each one realized they have sort of a funhouse mirror version of themselves that like they can bond with I love Zara uh, and Simi's, you know, silent like, bond achievement unlocked. I'm like, oh, that's the best. Yeah, it's like, oh, you like big weapons too? Like, yes. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you I'm that I such do. A fan. Acknowledge. I'm such a fan of like the way they summon these weapons. Like that's the thing with uh with Nameless and Five, just summoning that cannon. It's such a cool, I don't know, all of them. All, when they all do combo weapons and stuff like that, it's so cool how they like materialize them. These like horrifying weapons of destruction. Absolutely. With the power of friendship, too. They even held their hands together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a really cool idea that I, I'm not going to say on recording because potential stuff for the future slash it, we can't reveal things, but like there's a cool class option that I that we discussed that I'll tell you guys later. <laughs> cool. 
we talked about we talked about special specializations in the tech like team and there's one that i'm like uh, that we kind of started throwing it down like hey how about this and he's like that's a good one we like that so and then here it all all comes together <laughs> love it even the even the bosses are getting along mm-hmm And to y'all's point, here's where we find out that it's all arbitrary. Yeah, it's a house rule that those two made up. And being in trouble for this rule that is completely meaningless in the grand I love scene. it. <laughs> I love that it all points to like, ah, these two characters had a little petty. It's also funny that Kudama started off as like a one-off joke in uh, episode uh, three or two on Netflix, uh, the tutorial mode one, just being a little buddy glitch in the locker that he closed the door on and suddenly it became this whole like, oh, it's actually his pet he's been keeping. So, you know, he keeps, he harps on five Miko for getting Ali, but then like, he's got one too, so. Mm -hmm. Did she just kill him? Yeah, she, she sucked him into the gauntlet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got extra level of cruelty and it's dead. See, now everything's solved. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> and now they can all work together. Power pose. Yeah. Yay. Uh, Very good. Treasure was the friends we made along the way. Ah, love it. Did it show in that episode? I can't remember if this is something we talked about off screen, but the nameless character, and this might have just been one iteration of the episode, was like the youngest of all the clip was like eight years old and uh, was using some sort of holographic projection or something to make <laughs> themselves seem taller and bigger. And obviously the voice is modulated but I can't remember if that. That was definitely in somewhere, or at least his, his voice being modulated for sure. Cause like. Well, you learn uh, what it is. Uh, we learned what their name is and maybe we took that out too. Now I can't, we just watched the episode and I can't even remember. Yeah, it was, it was some cut stuff, but it definitely was one because he like the, the mask like came up and showed like his like mouth part. And he like said, Oh, my name is so-and-so by the way. So he like, it was like a previous script thing, but I think they cut it for time. Yeah. I do I like remember Dan saying, oh, sorry, what were you about to say, Monica? Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I do remember Dan saying in another episode that one of the things they wanted to do later on was show different ages of glitch techs. And he did specifically mention like having a glitch tech that's eight or having a glitch tech that's a teen or having a glitch tech that's 10 and just showing that pretty much any age group could be a glitch tech. It just depended on your level of skill. So maybe that's part of it too. Yeah, I mean, Dan was very adamant about, I think he was a big Star Wars fan and loved like growing up with Star Wars where it felt like anybody could use, could like possess the force. So he was very adamant about uh, glitch techs. Like anybody can, potentially be a glitch tech and like making it feel like it's accessible to all of us because that's what's fun about sort of superhero shows and movies or you know or why some people are drawn to like batman because he's you know out of the suit just a normal dude 
And it's really fun to sort of imagine a world where you can be that too. Like it's not sort of like a genetic thing or, you know, you don't have to be born an alien from another planet. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's a bit of a, uh, it undercuts a bit of the fun, I think, of putting yourself in that world for sure. Especially if you lay down groundwork where you're like, by the way, you have to be of a special bloodline, of a special socioeconomic class <laughs> to have access it, to Jedi powers. Yeah. And it's such a, um, it's a writer's instinct because it is a fun world building thing to think of like, oh, this lengthy like history for this, you know, magic that exists out in the world. And sometimes like that sort of takes away some of the fun from the audience, even though it's really fun as a writer to come up with that world building stuff. Yeah, just the temptation sometimes of lore building and how, how, you know, you can build a castle around these concepts that you love, but then pretty soon you're trapped inside. You forgot to build a door. <laughs> <laughs> I have this feeling, but I can't get out. Nobody can get, I guess I'm just stuck here. <laughs> Castle Stein. Castle Stein. See, it all comes back. It all comes back. No, that's great. It's great having you guys. So let's talk about then where people can find you and what you're doing. So Tillery, where can people find you online and see all of your thoughts? Probably the easiest way. And I've taken full disclosure. I've taken a lengthy break from all social media during the pandemic because I was on it way too much. But Tillery Johnson is my Twitter handle. And that's probably the best place to sort of connect with me. I'm hopefully gonna, I'll be getting back into it now that the pandemic is not weighing so heavily on my mind and social media doesn't seem like it can suck all of my time out of my days. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just writing, working on a couple of my own projects and working with a producer on, on something that's not far enough along to dig into. Yeah. And looking for another staff job down the road as well. All right. And we look forward to hearing about secret projects in the future when you are able to share such things. So congrats on that. And then Jules, where can people find you? Mostly just on Twitter. Like I'll just be like, hopefully this new artful app thing works because I would love another place that's like art focused, but without all the annoying parts. But on Twitter, it's just, if you type in Jules Bridgers, my name will come up and you'll see a little wolf icon. It's wolf steak. And I'm sure it'll be, you'll have the link in the, thing afterwards so yep everything will be uh, in the show notes yeah so if you want to hear me rant about things i like and monster hunter or jojo's bizarre adventure or something then come on by <laughs> otherwise i hope you all will check out moon girl when it drops sometime in 2022 what's it coming out on i don't know if we can say what's oh. coming out on yet so so just keep an eye out for it. Yep. Yes. Just a spotlight. <laughs> uh, the the mouse the mouse has his has his giant gloved hands always like hovering and he's like say the right thing or else you know. <laughs> so I've got to be very careful. But yeah. well, we will protect you, Jules. We will not uh, we will not press too 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 hard there. But looking forward to seeing that show. And then Monica, where can people find you? My handle for pretty much everything is Monty Ray. You can find me on Twitter. I'm on TikTok now. I'm on Instagram. I've got two accounts. I've got a personal account. And then I've got Monte Cart, which is just Monty 
Monica Art. It's a thinker. Uh, but <laughs> Monica Ray, it comes up. But yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm around, you know, I'm tweeting my art and I'm occasionally stream of consciousness about Monster Hunter as well. <laughs> so go ahead and check it out and be underwhelmed. <laughs> Life and art and philosophy, it's great. And again, looking forward to hearing more about your future projects when you're able to talk about all those oh, yes. projects. For sure. If I ever get the chance to talk about about, you know, some of those things that the mouse has the glove over, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm sensing now, the trend. <laughs> the trend. Yeah. <laughs> but until now, those white mittens are just like pressed <laughs> up against <laughs> up against the mouth. <laughs> All right. Just uh, replace replace my background with uh with Mickey instead of Garfield. And it's kind of that we're just always watching. It's always <laughs> just right there behind you, like don't mess up. Don't say something wrong. It's fine. It's like a Santa Claus almost. It's just, just be good yeah. at all times or else. I have never thought of Santa Claus that way. Thank you. Oh, maybe that was the wrong, maybe that was the wrong name because now you're, now you're going to think of Santa and be, be very concerned. No, but you're right though. Oh my goodness. Oh, I mean, Santa, I think... Santa's big brother for sure. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I think Coca-Cola did a good job of rebranding him as a friend, but. But we know, we all know the truth. We all know the truth about Santa. Yeah. What was that? The Calvin Hobbs, like jolly old elf or CIA spook. So there you go. So, yeah. All right. All right, everybody. Well, once again, thank you all so much for joining in on tonight's episode. It was a pleasure having all of you be here and to everybody at home. Thank you for listening and tune in next time for another fantastic episode. So until then, be healthy, be well, be safe. And have a great day, everyone. Contained. <laughs> <laughs>